All right, glad you're with us. Loaded up on the program today. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Mitch McConnell, impeachment trial likely to start next Tuesday. Uh, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. Remember, not one Republican. Nancy Pelosi, this must be bipartisan. Yeah, not one Republican went along with this uh, shift sham show that went on in the U.S. House of Representatives. You know, and we'll get into all the details of that. But what to expect? They will be solemnly walked over into the chamber of the United States Senate. Sergeant at arms shall receive the articles of impeachment and whatever. And now the impeachment managers will will take their role in all of this. Um, I'm going to get into detail on all that in a second. Uh, Steve Shabbat uh, from Ohio, congressman, former Clinton impeachment manager. And by the way, everything that they did for Bill Clinton, every consideration, all the due process, everything was never happened in this case at all. So we'll get to that. Um, These polls with African-Americans, these are not outliers. Thirty four and a half percent support Donald Trump. Thirty four percent, thirty three percent, twenty eight percent, twenty two percent, twenty percent. And 16 is the lowest. Um, I met this guy through a mutual friend, sat at dinner with him one night. I just I, I just sat there shocked what an amazing guy this guy is you're going to meet him today vince ellison in the course of the program uh that's all coming up uh yeah i am getting a kick out of everybody is just so so passionate and so worked up over this this megxit as they call it harry and and megan they're going to move to la and i feel so sad i feel bad for the the queen i've never been a big Somebody that cares about the Royals a whole lot. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, we've got other news today, like Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar pretty much suggesting that the reason 160, 76 people were killed in Iran when they shot down the jetliner, of course it's Donald Trump's fault. Why wouldn't you expect that? Everything. Dog bites, beast things. Um, the best thing that happened, there were two moments last night at the national championship game. By the way, I don't even want to see the, my TV ratings. They always stink on national championship night. But uh, anyway, it was a great game, LSU-Clemson, and LSU wins. But uh, there are t- two freakouts. First, if I'm a Democrat and I'm running and I want the nomination for 2020, when the president and the first lady walk out just prior to the singing of our national anthem, well, I'm going to let it play out. This is the first, the cheering, then the chanting of four more years, and then the chanting USA. Uh, oh, I thought Donald Trump was supposed to be hated. Anyway, let me play it all for you. Oh, I thought Donald Trump was hated and impeached. They have managed to take Donald Trump as tough as he is and turn him into a victim. And he is a victim. 
There's never in my lifetime been anybody that has had to take more crap, more lies from more people with more knives in his back, more attempts to take him down than this president. But in the process, every single thing the guy ran on, everything that he promised is is he's done. He is doing everything he said he'd do. Got the biggest tax cut in history, ended more regulation than, you know, the last hundred years of accumulating it. He gave us the judges for the bench that he promised he would give, originalists, constitutionalists, freer, fairer trade deals, uh, Canada, Mexico, Japan, Western Europe, even a mini deal with China. Nobody expected it. Yeah, he went back and he got the money for the wall, just like I told you he was just changing strategies. By the way, now with this court ruling that came out, he may get another what, $7.6 because he wants the 400 miles done, the first 400 miles done by the end of his first term. That'd be great. You know, promises made, promises kept. Look at the, look at the economy. It is, he's shattering every record. Oh, let's hope for a recession. I mean, Trump cheering at a football championship game and, and the media can't handle it. And there is such a, a hatred of all things Donald Trump that I don't, I'm, I'm not sure they could stop even if they wanted to stop. They're just so fixated on this psychosis, this rage, this madness of theirs. You know, you got, I, I mean, everybody in the media, I'm, I'm watching all of this. The president's going to get another additional $7.2 in Pentagon funding. He's reallocating the funds like past presidents have done. Court ruling was in his favor again. You know, I noticed the media, they love to protect themselves. Do you know Newsbusters found out ABC, CBS, NBC, fake news, CNN, they all ignored the settlement with Nicholas Sandman after Lynn Wood, his attorney, filed a $250 million defamation suit against CNN. That's only the start. Then we got, of course, the Washington Post and you know, Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's conspiracy channel, MSDNC. They're all going to have to pay too, NBC. And then there's going to be others, according to, I guess, a partner in the lawsuit, another lawyer saying, yeah, we're, we're going after everybody else, too. Then you got this passion. Linda is so worked up. We'll get to it later over the over this whole Megxit thing. Um, it's making me laugh because I think it's funny. But, but Alec Baldwin, he'd rather, I guess, go back to the 13 million additional Americans after eight years of his fellow Democrats, Biden, Obama, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, lowest labor participation rate. I'd prefer to have the best U6 number, employment number, that we've ever had since the keeping of that record. I like the fact we have the best employment, lowest unemployment, best employment situation since 1969. Record low unemployment, one after another. African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Alec Baldwin, no, he's... Blaming Trump. Donald Trump is responsible. And Trump supporters have caused colossal destruction in America. We, the irredeemable deplorables that cling to God, our Constitution, our, our faith, our religion, and our Bibles, and shop at Walmart. It's, it's pretty unbelievable because that's what they do think of us. They have contempt for we, the people, the American people, and how we voted. That's why in 294 days, your life matters. Well, Hannity, what can I do? If you vote, you're doing a lot. If you're in a swing state like Florida, North Carolina is important. Ohio's important. Minnesota's now in play, I'd say. You're important. Michigan's very important. Wisconsin's very important. 
as is Pennsylvania and I'd add New Hampshire and New Mexico and Arizona and Nevada and every other red state, including, including Louisiana, where this was held, the, the national championship game yesterday. It's all every one of them is important. Every single solitary one. You know, we're now at a point you got people in this country in 294 days want Trump out so bad they're praying for a recession. Well, I know that won't impact the Bill Mars of the world or if we have new great economic numbers or even if we kill a terrorist at the, the world's biggest living terrorist. In this case, it would be Soleimani. Um, you know, I don't know which button you want me to fix here, Linda. You're going to have to. Uh, all right. We have to take. You want me to try and switch it now or no? You can't do it. No, boss. I want you to take a break. Sorry. All right. We got to take an early break. Having some difficulties. I apologize to all 625 stations and everyone else in between on the Sean Hannity Show Network. We'll get it worked out. We have more redundancy in this studio than you can shake a stick at. Stay with us. I got so much to get to. Kevin McCarthy, Steve Shabbat, Vince Ellison. 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll continue. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show. Sorry about that little little technical glitch. We have so much redundancy, thanks to uh, the great engineers here. Um, for what they do, we just flip. If that doesn't work, we go to flip plan B. Plan B doesn't work, we have plan C. We have an like, Armageddon plan with like an ISDN satellite signal that we could beam out to, you know, God forbid a horrible whatever happens to France and, and have the ability to beam it back here into every station, uh, picking it up on the satellite that way. Um, anyway, occasionally get little hit, you know, little little things in the atmosphere go on. So I'm, I'm watching all this unfold, and they're obsessed. What have Democrats done in the Trump years? What have they done to make your life better, your family's life better? What have they done to, to give us more prosperity opportunities, happiness. We know the the horrific record of eight years of Biden-Obama. And it's still, let's go back to that. What? And we're going to go Medicare for all, $52 trillion in 10 years, and the new Green Deal and screw up the great life we love? But, you know, turn us into, you know, Fred Flintstone era. You know, we'll all have Dino the Dinosaur, and we'll be pushing cars with our feet. Of course, it's a joke for you mob people in the media that have zero sense of humor. But that's pretty much it. If you get rid of oil and gas, it is the lifeblood of our economy. It will result in a disaster. Never a $94 trillion 10-year price tag. Medicare for all, $52 trillion price tag. What do we get? Uh, nothing, nothing but phony, fake, fraudulent claims and promises. You know, keep your doctor plan and save on average, average family, $2,500 per year per, per family. Wrong. Millions lose their doctors. Millions lose their plan. Almost 40% of Americans now have only one Obama exchange option. Just one. Take it or leave it. That's how bad it is. And then everybody paid more money. You know, on average, 174% more. What happened to saving all that money? Now we take out a guy that has killed Americans left and right with the most sinister IEDs, worse than the usual IEDs in, in Iraq, the leader of the number one state sponsor of terror and all their terrorist efforts, funding Hezbollah. He, he was there for the founding of it, Soleimani was. Then you get the guy fighting proxy wars uh, like in Yemen and all over the world. And he's in, the Baghdad, in Baghdad on an airport. 
We took him out. Can't even get a good word about that from any anybody in the mob or the Democratic Party. Now, they want to move full, full bore impeachment. Now, to get there, you have to ignore the real quid and pro and quo with Joe. Or you're not getting the billion. You know, the whole routine. And I'm, what, what are they going to do for we the people? What have they done? They left us with 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, lowest labor participation rate ever since the 70s. Worst recovery since the 40s. What did they do? Well, now Trump has gotten almost 8 million off of food stamps. Off, free, not dependent on government. He's kept all these promises. He, everything he said he'd do under the most difficult circumstances. So what do we get? More madness, more insanity. Let's go back and maybe get another impeachment article. Let's make the Senate do our job because we did such a crappy job and it's going to be dismissed after the House managers present our awful case because there was no evidence that of, of anything. You go through the entire timeline of this entire Pelosi shift show and what do we got? Just look at the timeline. The mob bolstering their support. You know, we've got nothing but hatred and contempt for the American people. Alec Baldwin, the American people did this to us. Oh, you want to go back to the Obama years? I got it. You know, now finally some Democrats are getting it. They bought this is a political stunt. Pelosi announcing the inquiry before the transcript of the call with the president of Ukraine is even released. She wasn't supposed to know what was in it. She criticized the call in question before the transcript ever got to her. Authorized the impeachment inquiry without a vote. That's new. Never offered due process, presumption of innocence, the, the same accommodations that were given to uh, Bill Clinton by, by Newt Gingrich and every other Republican, letting them bring forward evidence, cross-examine witnesses, bring in witnesses, every consideration. None of that for Trump. Authored the impeachment inquiry without a vote. You know, you want the, the, the whole inquisition here. Appointing a corrupt, compromised, in this very issue guy, the congenital liar, for three years telling us Trump, we have all the evidence, Trump, Russia, collusion. And then the shift sham investigation, auditioning witnesses, hiding their testimony, selectively leaking only part of it in order to shape public opinion. That's called propaganda. Star witness, the so-called whistleblower, that blew up in their face. He was going to testify. He or she, going to testify. After it was discovered, well, yeah, it was a hearsay whistleblower who apparently had had a lot of contact with Schiff's office from the get-go. like to get to the bottom of that corruption. You know, opinion witnesses, hearsay witnesses, one fact witness with exculpatory comments of the president. I want nothing, no quid pro quo. They passed two BS articles of impeachment, zero Republican support. She told us that, oh, that was crucial. There was such urgency. You've got to do it now, 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 now. The second article is based on, well, the executive branch in conflict with the legislative branch doing what the articles, uh, you know, what our constitutional founding fathers and framers said, you know, literally, oh, seek remedy in the courts just by doing that, which past presidents have done. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. What have they done for you? In 294 days, you decide. 294 days, you get to shock the world again. I hope you do. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. The weakest articles of impeachment. There is no reason that this, had to ha- that this happened except 
they can't accept the election results of 2016. In 294 days, you know, the normal questions come up during elections. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Well, I think the answer is dramatically better off in every category. Peace, prosperity, the economy, Baghdadi dead, Soleimani dead. We got promises made, promises kept, eight, almost 8 million new jobs, almost 8 million fewer Americans on food stamps, the best labor market, employment market since 1969. Some of you weren't alive then. So on every measure, what have the Democrats done? Nothing. So are you better off than you were four years ago? Yes, I'd say we're all better off. Uh, see any Democrat you trust? All of them support some version of the new Green Deal madness. Why? So they can mess up the lifeblood of our economy. We finally become energy independent under Donald Trump. For the first time in 75 years, we're a net exporter of energy. The lifeblood of the world's economy. You watch the events in the Straits of Hormuz. That is less geopolitically, strategically important to this country than it's ever been. Third of the world's oil supply passes through those narrow straits. Matters little to us. Does matter to our allies in Great Britain. Oh, and the president's even keeping his promise. He doesn't want to get involved in foreign entanglements, boots on the ground. Nope. Doesn't want any part of it. But you kill Americans, you're going to die. I'll, he even accepted something I don't think I could accept. Two drones, American drones, what, 80 million apiece shot out of the sky. I wasn't too happy about that. I don't know if I would have restrained myself if I was president. Uh, then, of course, the tankers, you know, pirated, being held hostage. Well, that's to impact the flow of oil at market prices. I didn't like that either. I didn't like that. It, but the president showed restraint. I thought he was going to get us in all these foreign entanglements. And this was his Benghazi. Well, then we watched the Saudis, an unprovoked attack against their oil facilities. Why? To impact the free flow of oil at market prices. president didn't act then either. They killed an American contractor. They hurt American soldiers, and he acted. And then, of course, he wasn't going to allow Benghazi to happen in, at the embassy in Baghdad. And thank God he went when he did because Soleimani was not there at Baghdad Airport to pick up any, you know, I don't know, real estate or vacation home. Maybe he wanted to buy a timeshare. Who knows? He wasn't there for that. He was there to kill Americans and go after because they've, they've gotten away with it. The Iranians, you know, they, they figure, you know, one of the most fascinating things that is unfolding that nobody seems to ever want to talk about is the fact that, holy moly, this is incredible. This is real. Is that, you know, Donald Trump's, you know, his whole strategy is now working because what's happened, well, the sanctions, he's not going to pay $150 billion. He's not going to try and bribe the mullahs in Iran that chant death to America, death to Israel, and threaten to wipe us both off the face of the earth. Did say they're not getting a nuclear weapon. Well, we can't allow that to happen because with their sick, ugly, twisted, evil ideology, if you arm them with nuclear weapons, guess what happens then? Then the world is at real risk of a potential modern-day holocaust because that sick ideology might actually allow them to think they're doing the will of Allah and launch these missiles at parts of the world. We can't have that. That would be bad. But what are the Democrats? No, they can't stand it. Now we see, and there had been a lot of rumblings. Nobody was reporting on it. 
There have been tons of protests going on all throughout the country of Iran. Nobody reported on it. Why? Because the sanctions are working. So now the Iranians are feeling the pressure, so they're now ratcheting up their hatred of America and death to America, and they'll always have their sycophants, you know, pounding their heads and, you know, in full compliance to act like they're the most loyal to this corrupt theocracy and regime in Sharia. How fascinating the video, though, when you watch you know, the American flag, Israeli flag, the majority of the Iranians protesting over the weekend, they weren't stepping on it. And then there was a dozen or so that did, and they were getting jeered. So that tells you where the American people are. Foxnews.com today, an unbelievable encouraging report out of Iran. At least two Iranian journalists at state-owned Iranian media and an outlet there resigned from their jobs with one of them apologizing to viewers for the 13 years I told you lies. Whoa. Pray, you might want to pray for that person. I don't think they're in good stead right now. Now, knowing this regime and what they're capable of and how corrupt and evil and insane and, and, that, and the ideology that they buy into. I never understood why, why, here it is, conservatives, we're the most outspoken against Sharia law, the oppression of women. You know, in these some of these Sharia countries, marital rape isn't a crime. Women are told how to dress, whether they can leave the house. Saudi Arabia had it. A woman couldn't leave the house without a male relative with them. And then you've got these enforcers out there, the morality enforcers. You know, if they're not dressed exactly right, you know what? They're even being beaten for that. And they're being, you know, if, if, if oh, God forbid, you get accused of uh Adultery. Go watch the movie. The the stoning of what is it? Soraya M. Um, put out by a good friend of ours. I you watch it. You know it's an inc- incredible story. Real life, true story. Woman stoned to death for adultery. I kind of remember Jesus in the Bible picking fishermen and uh, eleven of the twelve married. By the way, and uh, I would assume fishermen might have had salty language occasionally. But I also remember Jesus saying, "Okay, you are without." Sin, you cast the first stone. And he starts writing in the sand all the sins of the so-called establishment leaders of their time and his time. Pretty interesting phenomenon, isn't it? Anyway, Tehran is now grappling with the fallout of the protests. It's going all over the country because of their cover-up, the downing of Ukrainian airliner, and the poverty because of sanctions. Now here's even a better part of the news. You want to talk about more Donald Trump success under Biden, Obama, they got $150 billion in cash in other currencies, and they drop it on the tarmac, Tehran Airport, for the mullahs that hate us. Brilliant. And even as the president pointed out in his Ohio rally, yeah, they, they did that, and they were chanting death to America when they're taking the money. Well, now the president's been calling out Europe for their appeasement and their weakness. Well, lo and behold, Washington Post today. I read from the Washington Post. I can't believe I'm doing it, but I am. And it talks about European countries on Tuesday triggered a dispute mechanism in their nuclear deal with Iran, a move that could lead to the return of U.N. sanctions on Tehran. Britain, France, Germany said that they have been left with no choice but to make the move given Iran's announcement on January 5th that it would no longer be bound by limitations on its nuclear energy program following the killing of the terrorist Soleimani, leader of their elite military force, the Quds Force. Now, okay, but it was pretty naive, dumb, and stupid 
led by Obama and Biden, of them ever to think bribing dictators was going to work and bribing mullahs was going to work. Now Donald Trump is now impacting the thought process of our very weak-minded, appeasement-oriented so-called allies that are dumb enough to buy into bribing mullahs in Iran. The dumbest deal I've ever heard. Secretary Pompeo, Barr, everybody. Here's something fascinating, little interesting tidbit. We got Bernie Sanders is apparently the favorite of Iran state media mouthpieces. I'm sure they like probably fake news CNN and probably love the Area 51 Roswell Rachel Maddow conspiracy theory channel, MSDNC. That's pretty much state-run media here in the United States because all it is is an extension of all things hate Trump and socialist radical. That's where they stand. Anyway, I guess they like him because Bernie Sanders is touting his criticisms of Donald Trump's order to kill the terrorist Soleimani. Oh, even the international print edition of the Tehran Times. Never heard of this paper, but I guess there's an international print edition. Describes itself as the voice of the Islamic Revolution. Describes Sanders as wiser than most American politicians. An article denigrating Israel, saying the Jewish state's umbrella of American support is not likely to go away significantly unless people wiser than most in the U.S. government now somehow manage to win in the upcoming elections. I think it says a lot about the world. Let's see, we now know that, well, according to the New York Times, that the dirty dossier that was li- likely Russian misinformation from the beginning. Well, the New York Times finally caught up with us two and a half years late after they were pushing the conspiracy theories, too. And now Iran is still not taking responsibility for killing 176 people. But let not your heart be troubled. You can always turn into the hard-hitting news show, The View, where apparently they're floating conspiracies and blaming Donald Trump for 176 souls lost after the Iranians shot the Ukrainian Boeing 737 out of the sky. You know, okay, well, left with no choice. European allies... Oh, they're now going to move to hold Iran accountable. Remember the Iranian deal that gave these guys $150 billion in cash and other currency? It expired in 10 years. They could begin pursuing a nuclear weapon again. They never agreed to any place, any time inspections of their nuclear facilities. No, they were controlling all that so they can keep their programs going deep underground. Oh, you uh, mean we couldn't inspect it and we still gave them the money? Yep, that's how dumb that deal was. No American inspectors at all. Even dumber. By the way, the Pentagon expelled 21 Saudi military students for ties to jihadism and child pornography. Remember what happened in that case? Uh, we suspected it at the time. We talked about it a little bit at the time, but we always withhold judgment. But you had this uh, Saudi Air Force second lieutenant. Uh, this is the one that took place in Pensacola, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was bad. And the U.S. now is officially called the Pensacola attack terrorism. And if anybody associated with this guy, goodbye. See why we may need to vet people that come into the United States of America? Make sure you're coming in with the right reasons. You don't have an unsavory background. And it would be nice not to be a burden on the American people if you're one of the few chosen to get into our family, be a part of our country. We're willing to take anybody. I don't think it's so bad to say we just need to do a background check and you should pay for that background check. And I think you should be able to, you know, show that you can handle yourself and support yourself financially. You know, the media eager 
you know, to wrongly say Iran unified after Soleimani's death. No, that's a lie. You killed our geniuses. Regime crackdown is intensifying as Iranians are flooding the streets. Third day of protest. Not against Donald Trump. That would be against the mullahs. And they, they're now making arrests, trying to blame everybody but them, to punish those responsible. Well, they're the ones responsible. Boris Johnson, the, you know, he just won in a landslide in Great Britain. He's welcoming the replacing of the stupid Obama-Biden appeasement Iranian nuclear deal. Um, apparently, Trump gave the, according to one report, he gave the okay to, to kill him, what, seven months ago. President was on his game. Yes, you know, but look what happened. Oh, we had outrage over the president with Vince Vaughn talking to him in a box last night. Poor Vince Vaughn. I think he's like a Ron Paul, Ram Paul libertarian guy. But he talked to the president, seemed to get along with him. That's horrible. We ought to blame him for the 176 lives lost. The dog bites, bee stings, feeling sad. It's all Donald Trump's fault. All of it in the minds of the left in this country. It's how sick Democrats and they haven't done a thing for anybody. Not a single thing to make you more secure, to make you more prosperous. That's their job, public servants. By the way, I don't blame the Wall Street Journal. They have called for an abolition of the FISA court. I am now going to have to very reluctantly agree with them. We need to be able to spy on America's enemies. But now that the director of the FBI is doing nothing, and now that we had this corrupt appointment, that we told you all about yesterday and, you know, the hiring of, of somebody that said every bad thing possible about Trump. What? And believe and, and attacked Evan Nunes, who turned out to have told us the truth. You got a hack picked by the FISA court to reform their abuses that literally, you know, this guy, David Chris Nunes, tried to deceive the American people. He wrote I'm like, what? Why do we appoint this guy, a DOJ official appointed by Barack Obama serving under Eric Holder, a partisan hack spending the last three years excusing FBI abuse? Well, that doesn't help the world's premier law enforcement agency get better like we need, just like we need our intelligence, uh, the greatest on the face of the earth, not to not to turn those powerful tools on the American people, which we've chronicled. While everybody else in the mob and the Democrats were pursuing a phony narrative on Trump-Russia collusion. These are insane times. Your country needs you. In 300, on 294 days, what can I do? You can vote. Thank you. Tell your friends to vote. Be informed. Hannity.com. We are we're building an interactive map so you know when to register. Many of you have to register in March. Register so you can vote in November. You know, so the radical left doesn't take over the country with their new Green Deal insanity. By the way, you have the DCC chair. Everyone's afraid of AOC and the squad. Can't believe it, frankly. You know, three quarters of the impeachment coverage. Get this. According to our friends at Media Research Center, three quarters, 93 percent negative, negative. They lie. They have an agenda. The only people that can fix this are we, you the American people in 294 days. Just imagine the feeling when you hear the words we can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States and then watch the mob melt. You can shock the world. I hope you do for the sake of the world and the country. We're on the tipping. We're on, we're on the brink here. All right. Joining us now is the Republican House leader, Kevin McCarthy. 
of California. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Congressman Steve Shabbat. He's going to walk us through exactly what we can expect with this, uh, you know, shift show sham trial impeachment that Mitch McConnell now telling us will start sometime on Tuesday. And uh, Congressman, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me back, Sean. I appreciate it. I want to give a little long introduction here, and then I want you to take the ball and run. Okay. We know they have been out to impeach this president. I've, I have played montages, Congressman, from 2016 to all through 2017, all through 2018, all through 2019. The media mob and, of course, the Democrats. Impeach, impeach, impeach. Goes on. It, that, this has been their goal. They've done nothing for the American people. Nancy Pelosi actually announced an impeachment inquiry before we knew anything about the phone call with Zelensky or the transcript was ever released. She criticized the call in question before she ever read the transcript. She authorized the impeachment without a vote. They gave no due process, no consideration whatsoever. All of the considerations Fairness, due process, the Newt Gingrich and Republicans gave Bill Clinton in the 98 and 9. None of that was given to Donald J. Trump. She appointed the single most corrupt, compromised, congenital liar. Guy's been, oh, we've got all the evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. Uh, a guy by the name of Adam Schiff to head this all up. Schiff runs an audition sham investigation, auditioning witnesses trying to groom their testimony, selectively leaking the material to shape public opinion. There's only one fact witness, and that would be Ambassador Sondland. Everybody else was a hearsay or a opinion witness. The so-called whistleblower turns out not to be a whistleblower because we find out it was hearsay and that apparently there was some type of coordination contact that was first denied by Schiff with Schiff's office and the hearsay whistleblower. The only fact witness is exculpatory for the president. He wants nothing. No quid pro quo. They passed two BS articles of impeachment. They're in a rush to do it with a sense of urgency, as we've been playing over and over again. And then they, the urgency is, oh, okay, now we can go on vacation. And now we're just going to withhold it. And we're going we're gonna to tell Mitch McConnell what they should do when this, the House of Representatives has the sole power to impeach, the Senate runs the trial. Now it's all backfired. Walk us through what happens from here. Okay, so you have done, before I start, a fabulous job of educating America, because every point you make is 100% true. The only things I would have added to it, that you had Jerry Nadler campaign for the position of chairman of Judiciary Committee that is always the responsibility of impeachment where the final vote goes on the basis that he'd be best for impeachment. You had new freshmen come in and get sworn into office, and that night telling their group that they're going to impeach the mother. Remember all that. So th this is two and a half years of everything they've been doing. So I don't care about facts. So what happens next tomorrow, we'll have to, Congress will have to pass what is called managers. They are the prosecutors. They're the ones who brought this forward. And Speaker Nancy Pelosi will name them. Inside the um, Clinton, there were 13. But this is where the difference will lie, because Clinton had a fair impeachment, meaning his attorney could be there. They could announce any witnesses that they wanted to come. They could cross-examine. And it all happened in the Judiciary Committee. And so it was 13 people who did the work. One happened to be Lindsey Graham. You're going to have Steve Shabat on. He was one, too, Sensenbrenner. And they went over to the Senate because you are 1,000% correct. Here is where impeachment happens. And in the Senate is where they decide is the case 
merit or not. They are the jury. Um, so she has to name a number. I don't know how many she's going to name. There's no tying to how many she's going to go. But I will guarantee you she'll have Adam Schiff, and she'll have people from Intel. She'll have Judiciary. She'll try to pick all different makes within her uh, conference. Um, not quite sure who's going to be the leader of it, but that's what they'll bring forth on the floor. Once that goes to the Senate, then the Senate has rules. And this is where I think Mitch McConnell has been very smart and fair, and this is where Nancy Pelosi is so wrong in such hypocrisy. When she announced she wanted to move, and remember, she made that announcement, if she waited 48 hours and heard that transcript, she never would have moved forward. She never could have moved forward. But in there, that's when I sent her the letter, and you played it to all your listeners and viewers before. I took the 10 points that Bill Clinton got, the things that are fair in American judicial system. And this is where Adam Schiff should not even be a part of it. Because he told us, and he started this all with the idea that he had a whistleblower, that he was fearful that the administration would stop this person from coming forward. If, if you are a federal prosecutor and you have a witness like a whistleblower, they have to actually confront who they're going through in the trial. They cannot move through it. He never brought him forward. He lied and said he didn't know them. That makes him a fact witness. So he's the judge, the jury, and he'd stop people from even answering questions. But he will be involved. They will make opening statements on the Senate side. Um, Mitch McConnell has got, now gotten 51 votes to have a fair process over there, meaning that um, it will be the Clinton-style impeachment, right? Where you have a fair process going forward. In the past, it was a 100% vote. Everything was done by unanimous consent. The vice president, who is the president of the Senate, will not oversee the Senate. Why? Because if someone was being impeached, the vice president is the next person in line for the job. You could have an impartial person, even though Adam Schiff gets to be there, who's impartial. Even though people on that jury, you take Kamala Harris, there are a number of senators in this position, was back in October, November, said she would impeach the president before any impeachment process started or anything else. So the jury is already tainted, which in American judicial system would never be allowed to. They cannot have their phones. They cannot talk. They've got to sit in their chairs, and they've got to go six days a week. The chief justice will, um, will preside. They will write questions down if they have them. The chief justice will pick them up, and they will, he will ask them in that process. I believe they'll have opening statements. What's happened in the Bill Clinton, and it, 51 votes is always the magic number here. And Remember the makeup. So if the Democrats all stay together, it'll take four Republicans to go change the course. I do not believe they should have any new witnesses. The House had all the power. That's the role where witnesses come. They did not allow the minority to have witnesses or anything else. They have their case. The, the role of the Senate is to judge the case based upon what the House put forth. And they did all the trials. They didn't let everything else. Why do you have to open anything else up? They don't do that in the judicial system. The jury doesn't or others. They should hear the arguments and make a decision, and we should be able to move forward. But there won't be other business going on. And this is the real telling little story, because a lot of people wonder why Nancy Pelosi did all this. Why would she say that she would, it was, had to be so fast? They wanted to impeach this president. We know it. They said it for two and a half years. All the cases you make are true. But this is what you don't really quite realize. February 3rd is the Iowa caucus. I think history will show, and I could be wrong, but anyone who comes in within the top three normally becomes the nominee. Remember four years ago what they did to Bernie Sanders. 
the night before the DNC convention, the nominating convention, the chairman of the convention, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, resigns. Why? Because truth came out and showed they had cheated to give advantage to Hillary Clinton. The Democrats have something called superdelegates, which is their insurance policy of people who get a vote, not just those who won in the process going forward. Well, that's the way that Hillary won. It got so bad that they removed the superdelegates on the first round this time. So if you're one of the four senators who are running for president, you are now disadvantaged because six days a week, you have to be sitting over there in the chair. You can't be on your phone. You can't be doing anything else. And by her holding it, if if the Senate is now taking it up next Tuesday, that's 13 days away from Iowa. Now, who's advantaged? Joe Biden, who does the establishment want, and others. They're back to doing the same stuff to Bernie Sanders that they had done before. They're in chaos. And then we have a jury that's already predetermined what they want to do with this president without listening. But there are no facts and merits to this case. If you took the two articles in which they impeached from, every president that had already been in office would have been impeached. This I think Jonathan Turley, who is probably one of the most respected constitutional attorneys, said it best. Now, he didn't vote for President Trump. He is not a Republican. But he said the only abuse of power is if the Democrats move forward with this. They're abusing the president and those who they want to call from going to the courts from the three branches of government to have a say whether they come. And for Nancy Pelosi to have this hypocrisy of thinking she could dictate it in the Senate because if it's anywhere fair – There's no way this would stand. And this is the fastest, thinnest impeachment in the history of America. And I'm telling you, it's an embarrassment. I want to ask this question because and and this is this is a very, very key and important question. It is the sole power of the House of Representatives to impeach. Now, the Democrats, without any reason, have done so. Uh, Now it's the role of the Senate to hold the trial. Their obligation, I think, is to protect the Senate uphold the Constitution of the United States, do their constitutional duty. It is not their role in the Senate to do uh, to make the case for impeachment because the House didn't make it. And for any Republican to sign on to that with new witnesses and we'll try and figure it out. You guys messed it up. There's nothing here to impeach them on. But we'll to me oversteps their authority. And yet there seems to be the Mitt Romneys of the world. Oh, I'd like to hear from John Bolton. Well, I'd like to hear from John Bolton, too. I've known John Bolton for years. I like John Bolton. I highly recommended him to be working for the president. And I know they had different foreign policy views, but I knew he had a lot to offer. And he's a patriot. And that, to me, is repugnant because it's not their job to clean up this mess they've created, meaning the House, meaning the Democrats, meaning your colleagues on the left. You are a thousand percent correct. And what they need to do, I guess, at the very beginning, because maybe this doesn't happen all the time, understand what your rules are in the Senate. It's not to go make another case. That has already happened. It's to judge the case they sent you. And, yeah, I like John Bolton, too. But if the Democrats really wanted John Bolton, they could pick anybody they wanted. you know who they didn't subpoena? They did not subpoena John Bolton over here. And you know what else they did? They interviewed everybody before they even brought him for a witness down in the basement. They did everything corrupt that you could. Why would you do anything different in the Senate? That's not your role. And those senators that are saying that, they need to understand what their role in the Senate is. 
The House will send you what the impeachment is, and you judge it based upon what the House said, whether it's up or down, whether the president should be impeached based upon that. You know, this is the funny thing. Then why are Republican senators so hell-bent on this idea? Now, look, from what my understanding is, they're just going to adopt the same rules Daschle and Lott agreed to, and all 100 senators agreed to with the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. All right, I'm fine with that. In comes the compromised congenital liar, Adam Schiff. Let him be part of the House manager team that presents their case. They have no case. We know they have no case. At that point, you know, Roy Blunt saying, I don't think we have the votes to dismiss. I'm not asking you to dismiss it without a trial. Let them make their case. And if they don't make the case that there were high crimes, misdemeanor, bribery, high crimes, misdemeanor, misdemeanors committed by the president, then they have an obligation at that moment to call the roll, and it's all it should be over at that point. But it seems uh, that there are some Senate Republicans that are just hell bent on on appearing fair, but what they're doing is lending credibility to a corrupt system and trying to do the House's constitutional job. We've got about forty seconds. You are you are again a thousand percent correct. It is not the role of the Senate to do the House's jobs, and it's not the role of the House to do the Senate's job. The House did their job, they're sending it to the Senate. Hear the opening statements. Hear the case, but then you can have with fifty one votes, if there's no case there, dismiss it. Now I've seen the case, I don't believe there's a case there. They can sit and they can listen to the case, but when there's nothing else there, it's not their it's not their role to try to go make a case. The Democrats took all advantage did not give this president due process, did not have any fairness, and they still have no case. Read it, see it, and then make your decision. You know, last, I do have a little more time. Let me, let me just ask another question here. Sure. So if the Senate's pretty much going to be quiet. We'll have the Chief Justice, John Roberts, presiding. They're going to present their case. At that point, I don't see a single fact that works in their behavior if the federal rules of evidence are applied. There's no hearsay witnesses, no hearsay evidence, no, no need for an opinion witness because everyone has an opinion. So at that point, it should be over. But why did why when they bring in, assume they bring in other people, what happens then? Now, now it becomes a total new shift show. Exactly. They do, they, it takes 51 to start doing that. And that's not their role. Um, I think they should hear the case. But remember what happened in the Clinton one. At the very beginning of it, they made a motion before they started to dismiss it, and they failed. I don't hear anybody talking about a motion to dismiss it right off the bat. Hear the case. They had all advantages. Schiff had said from the very beginning, we got he 10 seconds. with a lie. I have proof beyond circumstantial evidence. I don't know who the whistleblower is. Everything this man has done has been a lie. And all right, I got to let you go. A Republican leader. I'm not trying to cut you off at all. Um, no, no, that's fine. Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, uh, I know you're busy, but I think people need to hear all of this. And we appreciate all you're doing. And, you know, House Republicans have been amazing up to this point. Good for them. Good for you. When we come back, we'll get the full process laid out. Steve Shabbat, he was one of the House managers in the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Next. What is at issue here is whether the president withheld military aid, withheld official acts like a White House meeting in order to coerce a country to announce investigations, not even conduct them but just announce them to help smear his opponent. Uh, and there's not much light that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden can shed on the president's conduct. So, yes, then the why senators... Not, then why not have them show up and just say, if you have nothing to hide, then come out there and tell the American people that? Because they want to hear both it, sides it would, of it. It would, 
convert the Senate trial into the same kind of a sham proceeding that the president sought to have Ukraine undertake. Uh, there's been no factual basis for these allegations against uh, Joe Biden, no factual basis for the allegation that Ukraine, not Russia, interfered in the 2016 election. That is a Russian propaganda talking point. Uh, and to ask the Senate to do these investigations that the president uh, uh, fraudulently sought to get Ukraine to conduct would merely turn the Senate trial on its head. Now, that's something the president would love, mm. but that's not a fair trial. That's a sham trial. Uh, and, and so I think what the senators ought to do is they should take their oath to be impartial seriously and make this a serious and fair trial, fair to the president, yes, but also fair to the American people. All right, that was the corrupt, compromised, congenital liar, Adam Schiff. I love how he goes on comedy shows and he goes on The View. Uh, I mean, it's stunning, but he won't come on this program because he can't answer the questions. The only guy that got that we have on tape literally conspiring with the Russians to get dirt on Donald Trump to impact an election. You can't even make this stuff up. Just like that backfired. Now, the, the whole Ukrainian issue. Oh, you've got... Well, we can't have a quid and a pro and a quo. First, we'll have audition. We'll have, we'll have audition hearings behind the scenes, and we'll only leak out secretly what we want to leak out, but we're not going to be honest with the American people. And then we'll bring the best uh, people forward to make the case, and we're trying to basically stack the deck and run a PR propaganda campaign. That, that is how pathetic this has all been. And then they only have one fact witness in the end anyway. Just one. Everyone else hearsay. Everyone else opinion. Well, opinion's nice, hearsay's nice, but it, federal rules of evidence allow uh, fact witnesses. And as I keep saying, the Senate ought not give credibility to this corruption. The Senate, their role constitutionally is very clear. They hold the trial. The House, well, they have the power to do what? They have the sole power to impeach. The Senate's number one obligation is to protect the Senate uphold the institution and our constitution now if you have the other body conducting itself in an anti-constitutional way well don't participate in this sham the shift sham show that we've got it's unbelievable to me i mean you talk about a mob you know and you got joe biden you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor Invest that he knew was investigating his zero experience son, Hunter, who's being paid millions with no experience. You get the bit. You have six hours. Son of a bee. They fired him. Unbelievable. All right. So with the announcement by Pelosi, the impeachment shift sham show that they're going to put on, they'll point these impeachment uh, managers to go over. You'll see great solemn. You know, the impeachment articles in a box walked over to the Senate. You know, you would think it's like, uh, I don't know, the inauguration for the Democrats. I guess that they think it is. But what really happens from here? Well, somebody that would know is Congressman Steve Shabbat. He's with Ohio's first district. He was one of the impeachment managers and senior member of both the House Judiciary Committee and the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And the lack of support, none of the due process that the Republicans and Newt Gingrich afforded then President Bill Clinton and his attorneys was ever afforded Donald Trump. Uh, they were allowed to cross-examine witnesses. They were allowed to bring witnesses. They were allowed to present evidence. They got to pick the time in which this would all take place. Not There were no auditions going on behind the scenes. None of this has happened. 
Anyway, from an article that uh, Congressman Chabot wrote with Steve, Representative Sensenbrenner about the impeachment effort, tensions ran high 20 years ago as we stood in the well of the Senate before the Chief Justice, then William Rehnquist, all 100 senators in the nation. As House impeachment managers, we presented our case against Bill Clinton, then President Clinton. But we were somber, but confident, knowing that we had afforded Mr. Clinton every due process right to defend himself. Well, now we find ourselves on the verge of another presidential impeachment. But this time, the process is so fundamentally unfair that justice cannot be served. And for the past two months, House Democrats, led by the Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, have conducted a sham investigation with predetermined conclusions. It will do unthinkable damage to the credibility of the House and to the nation. And since the president took the oath of office, Schiff has had a quest. He's led a quest to overturn the 2016 election. Now, we have both worked with Mr. Schiff on the Senate, on the House Judiciary Committee. And one of us, Mr. Sensenbrenner, has managed two judicial impeachments, one Sam B. Kent and another G. Thomas Porteous Jr. alongside him. While in those cases, he was fair, reasonable, and he has let his blind hatred of the president poison his conduct and destroy his credibility. For more than two years, Mr. Schiff has misled the public about having clear evidence Trump colluded with Russia to steal an election. Robert Mueller found no such evidence. And Mr. Schiff set his eyes on the next scandal, a too-good-to-be-true report accusing the president of improper action. Mr. Schiff took to the cable news to propagate that new narrative, but it soon began to crumble. And we learned from the biased, non-fact, you know, hearsay whistleblower had contacted Schiff's committee and staff before filing his report. And Schiff lied about that. Anyway, Congressman Steve Shabbat, Ohio's first district, sir, you were there. Uh, welcome back. You're right about everything you wrote. Now my question to you is simple. Uh, now we, we know it's been a sham, a shift show, if you will. Now the question is, all right, they passed their articles. Tell us what, how this has walked into the Senate with such seriousness and what's going to happen and what people can expect. Well, uh, Nancy Pelosi, unfortunately, has uh, poisoned the well uh, because essentially both sides are supposed to work together on these things, as the Senate did uh, under uh, Clinton. And as you indicated, uh, Sean, uh, we bent over backwards to make sure that uh, President Clinton, his due process rights were protected. His lawyers got to uh, call witnesses, cross-examine witnesses, present evidence. Um, you know, relative to the president, there was no attempt to give him uh, a fair shake at all. This was there. There are people that have been bound and determined to impeach this president from day one, probably even before day one. And uh, and they've just proceeded down this road. Now, what will happen from here is the articles of impeachment are supposed to be walked over. They should have been walked over three weeks ago. Well, hang on. Uh, I thought we, there was such urgency that they had to do it before <laughs> Christmas. And they oh, then they went on vacation. That's right. Yeah, that, it was so exactly urgent. They right. went on vacation. You know, yep. She should have walked over at that time. But she thought, I think, that she would, uh, you know, she would uh, get get some power over Mitch McConnell over in the Senate. Um, you know, she would have some ability to determine how the Senate uh, would would rule over there, what the rules would be. Um, it's a Senate matter once it gets over there. Yes, there are House impeachment managers, and the rumor is that we're going to hear who they are uh, tomorrow. 
there were 13 of us. We were under Henry Hyde. He's, uh, of course, passed away at one of the, I think, one of the greatest members of Congress uh, uh, in, the, in that century, really. Henry Hyde was a truly uh, uh, just a, a tremendous person, uh, uh, intellect, one of the great orators in the House, probably in, in its history. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, she has really set it up uh, to be a sham, you know, as it was in the House. There's no, there's absolutely no uh, reason this president ought to have to go through uh, this impeachment. The facts were just not there. Um, you know, when they weren't able to get him uh, in the Mueller investigation, prove Russian collusion, obviously uh, it was determined that there was no Russian collusion. And uh, then the attorney general uh, determined that there was no obstruction of justice. Uh, so they came up with this, this uh, fraud of an obstruction of Congress. Um, well, basically, that was based upon the president, allegedly, the executive branch, not cooperating with what the legislative branch wanted. So when there is a disagreement, um, what's supposed to go, those are two branches. You go to the third branch, you go to the court. But they skip that branch because, as you indicated, Sean, time was of the essence. Uh, they had to act on this, so they had to get it done before Christmas. There wasn't time to go to the courts, uh, so they just impeached him rather than go to the courts and let the courts rule. Um, it's just the whole thing has been uh, a sham from the beginning, and it's too bad that, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have put the country through this because there's so many other things we ought to be working on together, like infrastructure, like the uh, the fact that about 70,000 Americans each year uh, die to, due to opioid uh, overdoses. Uh, there, there's uh, our southern border. That's something we ought to be able to work on uh, together to make sure that people come into this country uh, legally. But rather than work on those things, here we are wasting the American people's time and tax dollars on impeaching the president. The American people deserve so much better than this. They really do. I mean, this this is what they're doing is so dangerous and so awful and so horrible. All right, quick break more with Congressman Steve Shabbat. Uh, giving us the insight into what happened in 99 versus today with impeachment. Looks like the trial starts next Tuesday, according to Mitch McConnell. We'll watch the madness unfold, but just giving you a preview of what's coming. As we continue with Congressman Steve Shabbat, he was one of the impeachment managers uh, during the Clinton impeachment. And what a different time that was. Which leads me to the question I was discussing with uh, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. And that is, okay. the Senate's role is to have a trial. The House has the sole power to impeach. Senate doesn't have the power to impeach. They have the power to convict. Now, when they bring over this pathetically weak case, you mentioned, for example, the obstruction article. Well, when there is a conflict between the executive branch of government and the legislative branch of government, well, our founders, our framers, uh, you know, all were very clear that remedy could be sought in the court. Well, they didn't want to wait for the court to decide on the issue of executive privilege. Well, that's their choice. They, they felt their case was so compelling they didn't need to get these other witnesses. Now they're trying to get the Senate to do their job, which is, uh-oh, our case is pathetically weak. Maybe the Senate will pressure them to do it for us, and they can call witnesses that we didn't call ourselves. Um, I would say the Senate absolutely should not do that. If they want to call the one fact witness in the case, as per the federal rules of evidence, the one fact witness was Ambassador Sondland. Everybody else hearsay is not admissible in a, in a federal trial. Uh, fact witnesses can be used, but 
frankly, their opinions are just their opinions. I can get opinions on all sides, all sides of this. So my question is, what about the Senate and this idea that they should call witnesses, new witnesses? Yeah, well, that's up to the Senate uh, to make that decision, just as it was, you know, uh, 20 years ago in the in the Clinton impeachment. And from everything we hear, um, the Senate at this point will uh, essentially let both sides present their their cases. Um, as you indicated, Sean, uh, at least from the Democrat side, they presented all the witnesses they wanted. They wouldn't let the president uh, present the witnesses that he wanted. For example, as you indicated earlier, this whole thing started with Hunter Biden and his activities, his behavior uh, in Ukraine, yet they keep saying, oh, there's, there's no there there. Well, let's see if there is. So if you're going to call witnesses against the president, let's make sure that you allow the president's side to call witnesses uh, as well. But that's a decision for the Senate to make. And what it appears is that the Senate is going to let both sides present uh, their evidence and then make a decision as to whether witnesses are necessary uh, at a later point in the trial. Now, whether that's actually the way they'll do it or not, um, you know, depends uh, upon how the Senate votes. It just takes a majority in mm-hmm. the Senate to make that decision. Now, back in the Clinton impeachment, they actually got together uh, uh, Trent Lott and uh, Tom Daschle, the leaders on both sides, uh, and came to a hundred to zero uh, agreement yeah. on how the trial ought to be handled. And, and, and McConnell said this, this will likely start next Tuesday. Said he's going to follow those rules. I do have to let you go only because of the constraints of time. But uh, Congressman, I, honestly, what what a powerful case you have made about how different this process is now, and how corrupt it is, and how it lacks fundamental fairness to process uh, and any. Any any reason or common sense, because those same people that want to do this to Trump ignore uh, you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son. That is beyond intellectually dishonest, lacking reason, common sense. And uh, I appreciate you uh, telling everybody, giving everyone a heads up and a windows view into what's going to happen, because this is important to get right. Uh, Congressman uh, Steve Shabbat, Ohio, 800-941-SEAN. Oh, wow. I went to dinner with this guy, Vince Ellison. You're going to meet him next. He's going to blow you away. He will blow you away. I'm telling you. We'll get to that and much more. But think of this. African-American unemployment is the lowest it's ever been in the history of our country. Their poverty levels at a horrible poverty level in the negative sense. Now their poverty levels are the best they've ever been in the history of our country. Same with Hispanic Americans. The best unemployment numbers and employment numbers. And the same with Asians. The best unemployment. All right, that was the president uh, from the other night. Well, I, I, let me go back because you cannot, you cannot dismiss what happened at the national championship game last night. I don't even want to look at the ratings for TV. Every national championship game, they're just pathetic. Uh, and I, that's the one night I got to give everybody a pass, right? Linda, I got to. It's like when I did Hannity's America on Sunday nights. I was like, all right, nobody's going to watch me on Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, and I don't blame people. You know, we need a break every once in a while. Um, But in all honesty, and it was a good game, and you had the number one, number two ranked teams in the country. And uh, I thought, listen, I think both teams are phenomenal teams. And LSU just, they were unbeatable last night. Nobody was going to beat them. Like a professional team, they were so good. Anyway, so the president, but he walks on the field holding the first lady's hand just prior to the national anthem. Listen to the the thunder of applause and the chanting of four more years and the chanting of USA. 
reduction that the president got. Now, uh, if we're just going to compare and contrast, I have said every two and four years, what have I said to you? It drives me as a conservative nuts, absolutely insane that the race card gets played. Republicans are racist. They're sexist. They're misogynist. They're homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They want dirty air and water. Obama actually said that. They want grandma and grandpa to eat dog and cat food before a Paul Ryan lookalike throws them over the cliff. Well, under Biden, Obama and Democratic rule, eight years, what do we get? 13 million more Americans on food stamps. Eight million more in poverty. Lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Worst recovery since the 40s. Lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. And he doubled the debt, took on more debt than every other president before him combined, which, by the way, the president's changing now. The economic boom now is shrinking the deficit. Thank goodness. And he said he'd be dealing with that in a second term. He did need to increase our defense spending dramatically. But and I'm not making excuses. That's probably the one thing that he's got to really dig his heels in on in the second term that he had every other promise he kept. How refreshing is that? Record low, the best employment U6 number ever since they started recording. The best unemployment or employment situation since 1969. Some of you weren't born by then. And 3.5% record low unemployment for African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, women in the workplace, and youth unemployment. 8 million new jobs, 8 million fewer people on food stamps. Wage growth dramatically increasing. Every measure, every economic measure, I won't mention anymore. But you get the point. Now, I noticed when Kanye West came out, as a Trump supporter, oh, people are furious. Now that we have eight polls where African-American support for the president is at one poll, 34 and a half percent, 34 in another poll, 33 in another poll, 28 in another poll, 22 in another, the lowest is 16. He only got 8% of the African-American vote in 2016. If he got 16%, it's game over. And this narrative, this false narrative, Republicans are racist. I can't stand it. Because it's a lie. Racist, sexist. They even did it at Mitt Romney because he had resumes of women. Vince Ellison is joining us. He's a columnist, lecturer, author of the book, The Iron Triangle, uh, which discusses, you know, why African-Americans, you know, have traditionally historically supported the Democratic Party. I met through a mutual friend and I sat there in awe listening to Vince go off for over an hour. But I think this is not an outlier. I think it's transformational. Why? Because conservative policies, and I promised everybody, nobody believed me at the time. A lot of Republicans and conservatives hated me because I kept telling everybody, no, he's going to govern as a conservative because I've known the guy. I I believed it to be true, and I told the audience the truth, and I was right. But some people hated me. Some still do hate me. Uh, Anyway, Vince uh, has a fascinating background. Uh, Vince Ellison, welcome to the Sean Hannity Radio Show. Great job on TV last night. Well, Sean, thank you for the opportunity, and I'm glad to be here with you today. I want to get a little background on you. You, I sat, I don't, this is kind of hard for me to do. I think I sat at dinner with you and a mutual friend for 90 minutes, and I didn't say a word, because I was fascinated <laughs> I listening. You stood a lot, man. <laughs> I, I, it's one of, one of the best nights of my life. I, I enjoyed you. You were a grand host, and I tell you, man, we covered a lot of ground. But no, and, I, but uh, listening I to you. I got a chance to see your show, and you were great. You were born on a cotton plantation in Tennessee. You studied at Memphis State University. You talked about your father, your family, your background. Just give us a little background on you. 
Well, well, Sean, you know, uh, the, the, the book, The Iron Triangle, covers this one question you were talking about. It talks about, uh, it answers the question, why do Christian African Americans vote for the anti-Christian, atheist, immoral Democrat Party? And my 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 background and my life experiences are. And by the way, you I, say I, I, things I, I, a little more harshly than I ever would. I'm just saying. So I'm just preparing people, but I find you're fascinating. You're like you have no filter. No, I don't have any filter because I've seen that these people try. These people have, have um, for 200 years have tried to kill my people. Uh, they they they've done terrible things. I have written in my book how over the last. Uh, 200 years, they, they have ki- they've killed over uh, 60 million African Americans here in America. Uh, that's more than Mao, and that's more than Stalin. Are you, are you talking about done. abortion specifically? Yeah, uh, uh, abortion and what they did during slavery and during the yes, passage and, 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 and uh, during Jim Crow. Uh, yes, all of it. They, 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 were the one, they were the drivers of slavery, succession, abortion. Uh, uh, the, the 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 lynchings, all of it. It was the Democrat Party, and today they're still doing it. The prison system is theirs. Every time you see a black man locked up, he's gotten locked up by probably a Democrat prosecutor, a Democrat judge, by a bunch of Democrats on juries in their own communities that decided to grab them, arrest them, and lock them up. And they want to talk about prison reform because Trump's letting them out. But see, I learned this because growing up on a uh, being born on a cotton plantation. In Haywood County, Tennessee, and my father was a sharecropper at the time, and he worked hard in the insurance industry. He found his niche, and Daddy worked hard and brought his seven children and his wife out of poverty. I owe everything to my father, everything, best man I ever met. And we had a gospel singing group. Uh, it was a very religious family, and we went throughout the South singing gospel music. And this is how I got to learn about the black preacher. And uh, later on in my life, I went to Memphis State University, and then I started working at a prison. And that's when things changed for me, because I lived this middle-class life, and I thought that black people had overcome. But when I, this was during the 90s, during the Clinton crime bill, and Bill Clinton and the Democrats were locking up black men all over America. In South Carolina, we started out in the 80s with only three prisons. Before the end of the 90s, we had over 40, and they were locking them up. But I was being told that they were being locked up because of dirty white Republicans. And I said, wow, man, this is wrong. So I quit the Department did you, of Corrections. Did you, ever, said, gonna... did you ever believe that? Was it, you know, did you think, oh, that's true? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody that has any authority in your community was telling you the same thing. The preacher, the politician, the undertaker, the school teacher, everyone was telling you the same exact thing. So I decided to start a nonprofit organization to go and confront these dirty white Republicans and nail them to the wall and stop this, right? So I did that, but something happened strange, Sean. When I went out there in the black community, I didn't find any white Republicans. Found a lot of black Democrats. You know, no white Republicans. I I found a lot of see, black Democrats. I will tell you the thing that frustrates me. If you look at every big city that we talk about a lot. And we've sent Lawrence Jones as our 2020 special uh, traveling correspondent, all things 2020 mm-hmm. investigative reporter. You know, we've sent him to San Francisco a couple of times, L.A. a number of times, Chicago, right. Baltimore, and all these cities that have been run for decades by liberal right. Democrats. Poverty, right. misery, uh, addiction, mm-hmm. crime, you name it. What, what, where are the Democrats that claim to have this monopoly to help? The minority community, none of their policies ever work. I, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty under Obama. 
and they claim that you know they have a minority of compassion. I, I don't define compassion uh, as you know creating dependency. I like what what because Trump has done: eight million new have, jobs. They don't have any compassion. What they did here, they want power. So what they did, what I did find was that we had three elements in the black community that was always around. They had means, motive, and, motives, and opportunity. I call them the Iron Triangle. They were the black, most black preachers, most black civic organizers, and most black politicians. Wherever you found trouble, wherever you found some stuff being stirred up, they were the ones doing it. You remember GD America. You know about Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and all them and the stuff that they do down there. You know about Black Lives Matter, and you know about the black politicians down there and the stuff they stir up. Well, their job, and their job is to make sure that black people vote for the Democrat Party by hook or by crook, period, point blank, full stop. That's their job. They're contractors for the Democrat Party. And white Northeastern liberals pay them. You've heard of souls to the polls. You've heard of uh, street money. All of that. And their goal is to make sure they get the black vote. Now, they found out how they can get it. Keep black people ignorant, keep them poor, keep them addicted, and keep the black man out of home. If you do that, you have absolute control. They care nothing about the black community. They care about control. And I can tell you how, you can, how we can prove this. Jesus Christ said that these false prophets will come. When his disciples asked him, Lord, how will we know them? He said, you will know them by their fruits. You didn't say anything about their works. The, the, the fruits are the results. And if you judge these people by their fruits, they are rotten to the core. Jesus said you will not be able to get good fruit from a rotten tree or rotten fruit from a good tree. The, tree will, the fruit will be like the kind of the tree. Since the black community is at the bottom of every economic statistic in America, the, the, the tree and the fruit are both rotten. The iron triangle... Stay, hold that, hold that thought, because I got to, I got to take a break, and I want to come back. Do you believe things are now going to change in terms of there's been a monopoly? African Americans, Hispanic Americans, minorities, and I know every two, four years they're told Republicans or something they're not. I, I, I find racism repugnant, repulsive in every way, and I don't know any conservatives that are like this. And if I did, I wouldn't want anything to do with them. Uh, or if they called themselves a conservative. That's not conservative to me. Stay there. Vince Ellison with us, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? We'll put his book up on Hannity.com. It's a, a fascinating. Uh, his life is so amazing to me, and I think things are changing. All right, as we continue, Vince Ellison is with us, and uh, I had the opportunity to meet him recently, find out he, he wrote this book, and it just... You know, everything he said, I was like dazzled and amazed at everything he was saying. Do you think this that there is a real shift that African-Americans historically voting Democrat? Is that now ending? I have absolutely no doubt that is ending. Donald Trump did something that very few Republicans have been willing to do. And that and he took the message straight to the people. And he's been doing it since he's been president. He gets up every time he gets up to talk. He will tell the black community what he's doing for them what he's done, what he's going to do, how he's fighting for them. And, and, and you know, a lot of Republicans act like they would, they'd be ashamed to say these things. But Donald Trump will tell you, you have the lowest uh, unemployment rate. I'm, 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 I'm keeping these, these illegals out of your community so it can be safer. He'll, he'll tell you that I'm going to make sure I'm, I, I believe in a culture of life. He tells you I want to give you the right to defend yourself in, in these places that are so dangerous. 
You tell us you're going to try, try, try to uh, make sure the borders are secure, to keep the drugs out of your community. He tells you, I'm going to try to give you school choice so you can pull your children out of school that are not educating them. And, and with each one of these, guess who's fighting against them? The Iron Triangle and the Democrat Party. Why would, and, and they're fighting it for one reason, Sean. They're getting 95% of the black vote. Why would they change a thing? There well, is an enormous amount of pressure to conform. In the I want everybody, as to, you know. We're going to have you back. Um, phenomenal speaker um, and passionate as all get out. I think you were born to be a preacher myself. Uh, author of the book, The Iron Triangle, Vince Ellison. Uh, what a great opportunity to meet you, and you blew me away, and that does not happen a whole lot in my life. I'm going to be honest, just absolutely stunning uh, how bold and outspoken you are, and, and I believe these polls are not outliers, and I think something's going on, and we won't know until November 3rd, but we're looking forward to it in 294 days. We'll have you on soon again. Vince, thank you. Happy New Year to you and our mutual friends. Well, Sean, thank you very much, and thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to coming back, okay? All right, the Iron Triangle, we'll put it up on Hannity.com. You want to get a copy, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Linda's losing your mind, just like Alec Baldwin is losing his mind. The women of The View have lost their mind. Everybody's obsessed with the Royals and the passion in which they speak with it is fascinating. Well, all of that uh, and your calls, 800-941-SEAN, straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Boy, we got a lot of reaction, didn't we, to Velma yesterday? Wow, it's so, she cracks me up. Well, and somebody writes me, she has your credit card? And I'm like, I think she probably does. I have no idea. Everyone else does, apparently, uh, in my orbit. You know what I'm I'm really surprised I am about to say to you. Now there's by the way there's there's crazy media stuff stories out there like there always is. I mean you've got Alec Baldwin. He, the guy is just out of his mind. I mean it's my favorite tape in the history of all of radio him trying out to be a talk show host. But maybe we'll play it in a minute or two, maybe we won't. But um you know he's now he sees sees a near moral collapse in America and blames it on we, the people, Trump supporters, we smelly Walmart shoppers and irredeemable deplorables that cling to God, guns and Second Amendment and our Constitution and our religion. American democracy has always been a struggle between the misaligned protections of specific freedoms and a raging, raging at times intoxicating 12 cylinder economy. Now, I tweeted that out. Uh, it demanded vigilant, consistent regulation, compassion for the disenfranchised. How do you define compassion? 13 million more Americans on food stamps under Biden-Obama? 8 million more in poverty? Is that compassion? Is it compassion to create dependency? Trump's created nearly 8 million jobs, gotten 8 million people off of food stamps. You know, wages for the working men and women are far exceeding Wage increases for those in the top 10%. That, to me, is a good thing. Record low unemployment. for Best employment situation in 50 years. Demographically, record low unemployment. African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Wow. But they know better. Liberals know better than we, the people. I mean, it's so full of rage at all times. You had both Whoopi Goldberg. Why is she joining in with Joyless Behar? I don't know. Trump's the reason 176 innocent lives, innocents lost their lives. Uh, what? You got to be kidding me, right? But the risk, I think, to our personnel has gone up, not down. 
and I don't think it was justified uh, by the intelligence, at least not the intelligence that I've seen. Okay, right. The Ukrainians, that Ukrainian plane would still be alive. That's the, folks people on on, the people on, on that, that plane, plane would still be alive today. Uh, yeah, that's all Donald Trump's fault. Because they took out a terrorist that you would think that that would be the one little itsy-bitsy thing we can all agree on. President Trump now says he believes Soleimani was planning to attack four embassies. Well, Pompeo has confirmed it. And Barr has confirmed it. And our intel and our military have all confirmed it. But I guess, you know, we're just looking for the next reason for impeachment. I love that the congenital liar shift gets to go on these programs. It's humble and just never questioned. And did you see the freak out? By the way, it has got to drive the mob nuts. The, 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 the reaction the president and first lady got at the national championship game, LSU and Clemson. Oh, it's got to drive them nuts. Yeah. Chanting USA in four more years. If you're one of these low energy, boring, dull, green, new deal, destroy our way of life and oh, Medicare for all. Obamacare worked out great. And you're watching that. If us, any of these Democrats run, I think I'd say, OK, I'm going home now. I'm going to I'm going to not embarrass myself at the end of this process. Now, I don't take any of that for granted. I cannot tell you with any certainty what's going to happen on Election Day. Nobody can. As a Repu- as a Republican candidate, Trump's got to get North Carolina. He's got to get Ohio. He's got to pick off. Hopefully Minnesota this time, along with Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. I'd like to see New Hampshire live free or die. Go Trump. Then you got to hold Georgia, Florida. Hopefully you bring into play. You got to get Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada. No, it's not easy. Um, the president also going for he got another go, apparently going for an additional seven point two billion for the border wall to even get it built faster. I told you that was going to work. Here's the thing I'm most surprised, Linda, that I I even I ever even thought I'd care about at all. I don't care about the royals. I have no interest in the royals. You know, I thought Princess Diane was a Diana was a beautiful woman, a sad, tragic story. The whole Camilla Parker Bowles, you know, Prince Charles drama I could live without in my life. Who cares? It's you know, it's just it's, uh, you know. Now we've got Meghan Markle. I actually felt bad for the Queen. I felt bad for her. I mean, now she's got to convene a family meeting and deal with the fact that they want to now be separate, which, I'm, by the way, financially, if there's going to be a transition, that's fine. Today, my family had very constructive discussions on the future of my grandson and his family. My family and I are entirely supportive of Harry and Meghan's desire to create a new life as a young family, although We would have preferred them to remain full-time working members of the royal family. We respect and understand their wish to live a more independent life as a family while remaining a valued part of my family. 
Harry and Meghan have made clear that they do not want to be reliant on public funds in their new lives. Good. I like that. People of Britain should like that part of it. And it goes on. It has therefore been agreed that there will be a period of transition in which the Sussex is will spend their time in Canada and the UK. There are complex matters for my family to resolve, and there is some more work to be done. But I have asked for final decisions to be reached in the coming days. Uh, there's something off here. Don't you think there's something off? Apparently, William, his brother, said, you know, you may be moving a little too fast. Maybe slow it down. Apparently, that didn't go over yeah, well. Yeah, I think his family thinks he's an idiot because he is. And I think well, that... Why do, you, uh, why, why do you think he's an idiot? Oh, Harry's always been the redheaded child. He's always been well, the no, one. Hang on a second. He well, can't get it together. Well, he's down. at the parties, let, the clubs. He's a let hot Let me mess. stand up. Listen, this whole air and the spare... He's not an air or a spare. My God, they're, well, still, no, they're was, so glad to see him go. Down. He was the spare. That's the point. His whole life, he was the spare. And the pecking order was not him. He's like sixth in line now. To ever, he's never going to be the king of England because now William is next. It's going to be William, not Charles. And then it's going to be his kids are in line Let me before tell you Harry. why I'm angry. This is why I'm angry. Why are you angry? Why? why are you so angry? Why do you, you care? I don't like this guy. This is why. First of all, you know, at the end of the day, all they want to do is make noise about things that don't matter because they don't matter. So they figure we'll make a little noise about something. We'll, we'll be important for like, you know, 30 seconds. And then the news cycle will recycle you and then bye-bye. So this woman, what, what is she, 108 now? I mean, how many more years does she have, you know? Now, now you want to leave the family? You want to hurt your grandmother? You know, if my grandmother, God rest her soul, was still with me, I would do whatever she said. I, w- I would do whatever I could to make her happy. They, could, they didn't have to do it so publicly. Exactly. What, but what I didn't like in this whole thing, I'll say one thing I didn't like. I didn't like that Megan didn't even get on the phone as she was in Canada. And she was invited to be a part of that meeting. That I didn't like. That, that yeah, to she's me is very uppity. She's, ominous, she's one of those liberal oh, elitists, you know? Well, I know they're big liberals. I don't care about their politics. I really, you know, you want to be liberal, fine. You want to pay all your money in taxes and you want to believe... The but National the Health thing, Services, Sean, people are dying in Great Britain. She doesn't. She's one of those liberals who doesn't work. Her hardest job has been writing, reading lines that other people wrote for her. You know what? My heart does not bleed for you, sweetheart. It just doesn't. You get money from the taxpayers. You get money from people that pay for your way. You live in somebody else's house. You're not paying for anything. You know, the hardest job she's ever going to have right now is motherhood. God help her. That's the hardest job. I hope she does a great job with her child. But at the end of the day, don't cry to me. Cry me a river somewhere else. So the world's smallest violin. I don't want to hear it. I do like the fact that they're going to, you know, break away financially. Good. I want you to break away financially. Don't oh, be Oh, yeah. She's going to break away financially. And that's what I, they I, say. Okay, yeah, listen, a- I got an ice cube in a, for, uh, you know, uh, Eskimos I want to sell you too. Give me a break. You see, this is what fascinates me about this whole topic. This is not a Hannity topic. I don't really give a flying rip about the Royals. It just, you know, on the one hand, it's sort of like I became friends with Piers Morgan. I like Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan is, you know, straight shooting, iconoclastic. You know, he's not one of these phony media people that act like, oh, uh, Donald Trump's so offensive. He's like, no, the guy's real. And he sticks up for him. He doesn't agree with everything, but he sticks up for the guy. And I just like it that he says what he means, means what he says. He's he's very controversial in Great Britain. His morning show's number one. He went up against me on fake news CNN every time he was telling Americans how they shouldn't have guns. I was like, yes. He has no idea how the American people feel about their, their Constitution and their Second Amendment. 
I'm like, a Brit lecturing, it would be like me, an American, lecturing our friends, the Brits, and they are our friends. They're one of our closest allies. We love our friends in Great Britain. About the royal family. And saying, I don't get it, guys. Why are you so obsessed with this? It would be the same thing as me going on television night after night and telling people that. That would be dumb, wouldn't it? I used to love it when he did that. We, we've joked about this a whole bunch. But he's extremely talented and gifted, and I'm glad he's he's doing so well. He's also with the Daily Mail, which is an amazing, oh, my gosh, what a tabloid that is. You know, it's like, but all this, but I never thought I'd even be remotely interested. I'm interested because you're so emotional about it. You, you know care. why I'm emotional? Let me tell you why I'm emotional. But, I don't like it when people show up. And they're like, oh, I love it so much here, right after I change everything. You know what? You're coming here. Be reverent. Not everything has to bend to your will. Sometimes when you show up, you're just polite. You're respectful. This is what's fascinating to me. Everybody is like you. They're emotional about this issue. And because it just is the a, general it's a culture. Consensus. Hold on one second. You won't understand this because you're 58. The thing is, is that wow. this is a cultural thing. Wow. What? He is 58. What? What's wow. So that? mean. First of all, I'm not the one telling you to go die in the woods. You're the one. You're doing that all by yourself. All right. No, no, it's not the woods. I'm going to be at the resort. Well, slow down about the one thing about she. The general consensus Hannity poll, no data to back it up, but I'm pretty sure it would show up in polls if they polled her. She's hated. Everybody hates her, and I'm not sure. Now, Kate seems like she almost seems like a Princess Diana-like figure. Lovely, sweet, kind, sweet. Takes care of a her commoner kids. That came She's into nice the royal to the family. family. Yeah, you know, what her and William say to each other behind closed doors, that's where she can be her. That's where you're supposed to be her. But you know you're going into the royal family. You know what comes with that. You know, Meghan Markle, th- th- I don't, this woman, my God, she just comes with, I mean, some people come with luggage. You know, she comes with an entire travel ensemble. It's ridiculous. You know, she's just. It a, is sad. A, the one story. Problem, man. If, if it's true, and I hear it is. And my TV staff is obsessed with this. If it's true that William said to Harry, his brother, hey, you might be moving a little quick here. I would think that that's his brother looking out for him. Absolutely. Now, if that happened, apparently that pissed off Harry so much that they didn't talk anymore. Yeah, because Harry is dumb right now. You know what I mean? He thinks that He's the world right is beautiful, right, that go. love Slow is down. real. We all Easy have our sunshine. hearts. We're sharing. Love is a bunch of baloney. It's not love. Love, you can have that with anybody. Here it's we all, go. Um, By the way, this let me, is my let me, rule. This is on. my rule. How, it's how much of somebody else's beep, beep you can take. It's, it's whose crap you can put up with because you know what? You can love a lot of people in your life, but to be able to go home at the end of the day and the list of the things that you like about that person are longer than the list of the things that make you want to throw them out a window, then you're doing all right. See, Linda, this is why it fascinates me because everyone's fascinated by it. Everyone is obsessed with this story. Obsessed. And it's a kind of nice diversion from the crap we're dealing with every day, um, the impeachment madness. But I am. All right. Let me just. Does everybody in there, Katie, you agree with Linda? Katie, Katie is not as obsessed as I am. All right. And and where's Ethan and J.C. Owen on this? Where do you guys stand on it? They want to talk about LSU and Clemson. That's it. But do they I, care? I you- don't stand. I, I care nothing for the Royals. I care nothing. What? I'm supposed to feel bad for people who are called the Royals. No, thank you. We you fought see, a whole war to not have to deal with these people. Come okay, on. That's all true. You see, I'm with you guys until I hear Just Linda heads. and Tiffany over TV and our whole staff go nuts over this thing. And they, that's the passion and the fight that comes out about it. I don't know. Megan has made a lot of enemies. All right. 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We'll preview the impeachment madness insanity. And uh, we have a message for Republican senators. Do your job. Uh, we have Senator Rick Scott's going to weigh in tonight. Doug Collins will weigh in. Steve Scalise weighs in. We'll look over the campaign with Carl Rove. As of tomorrow, 293 days to go until you have the final say. See you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. As always, thanks for being with us.